My entitled boss tells me to follow the school handbook, so I send my entire class to his office. A few years ago, I retired from teaching in the UK, and I particularly love the stories of malicious compliance from schools and colleges. The recent threat of malicious compliance by students which teachers had to take on the chin brought back many memories. So I thought I'd share one that involved me and my students that happened my first year of teaching in 1981. I was fresh out of college and went to teach science in a secondary school in a rural town in which a lot of the students were the children of farmers and could be quite a challenge. I was only a few years older than some of them and I was walking a very fine line between wanting to be liked and having a level of respect or authority. Something which every new teacher will remember. I had replaced a popular teacher and had been given his tutor group, home group, and they weren't making it easy for me. To be fair, I probably deserved it. One of the main protagonists was a boy whose father was a successful farmer who happened to be the chair of governors and who was always keen to protest when he wasn't happy with something. We'll call him SH as those were his initials and this was 40 years ago. The person involved in this story is head of year. I'll call him Gordy. He was an old timer who had been unsuccessful when applying for deputy headship and so there was a fair amount of resentment bubbling away which he tended to take out on children and occasionally staff. Our school had a uniform policy and I didn't have a problem with it as it acts as a bit of a leveler, especially when families can't afford the latest fashion and as a tutor, it was my job to make sure my children were appropriately dressed, which I was doing to the best of my ability. Anyway, many of the children were in basic uniform but they sometimes pushed the limits of what was acceptable. A common problem was whether footwear was trainers or shoes. But as long as their appearance was within the spirit of the rules, I was pretty much okay with it. Gordy, however, was not. At a team meeting, he went on a rant about how standards were being allowed to slip and that we were not being vigilant enough. He reminded us that it was our job to maintain the standards and ended with the demand that the next day we send him any child who was not in proper uniform. He waved the school handbook at us and told us if we didn't know what that was, we could find it there. I was well mad. I was walking a fine line with these students and this wasn't going to make my life any easier. Cue the malicious compliance. I checked the school handbook very carefully and the next morning I was ready. After I had taken the register, I announced that anyone not in proper school uniform would be reporting to Mr. Gordy's. This was followed by groans and protest. First of all, I sent a couple of goblins who were always pushing things too far and then I began the malicious element. The regulation said black v-neck jumper. Yours has a round neck. Down you go. Is that a logo on your shirt? It says plain and white here. Off you go. The regs also specified plain black socks. They had been written some years earlier and never renewed. In the early 80s, many children wore white socks. I know. So down went all the white socks and the atmosphere in the classroom got distinctly more hostile towards me. I then singled out SH, the class mouthpiece. Down you go, I insisted. He was furious and came right up to me and was almost in my face. He demanded to know why, so I told him. He was wearing black socks, but I had noticed that they had two colored bands around the top. I explained that the rules specifically said plain black socks and his were not plain. He was mad and our eyes locked and then it happened. To this day, I remember how his face changed and he realized that this was not me against him. It was us against Gordy. He then went around the class helpfully pointing out all the minor infringements that I had missed. And we ended up sending every child in the classroom apart from three or four who were in full uniform and who were frankly disappointed not to be sent down. 
Gordy had gone hard on the first few children who went down, and then he couldn't treat the others differently. So he got it in the neck from parents who didn't appreciate being contacted about striped socks. Shortly after this, the rules were rewritten to be more flexible as long as the spirit of the uniform was upheld. From that day on, I had a fantastic tutor group. SH became the head boy and was a credit to the school and worked as hard for me as any child I taught since. And in 40 years of teaching, despite many instances of malicious compliance, I never managed to top the time my students collaborated with me in an act of malicious compliance. You gotta love when students and teachers actually get along. I think being teachers is one of the hardest jobs you can have because you almost have to fight for respect from the students. I remember the first teacher that actually won me over. It was my 10th grade English teacher. I thought he was going to teach us all the same boring stuff like Hamlet or the Odyssey. I mean, he did eventually. But he started the class off with teaching us about Fight Club, the book. I don't mean that we all just started fighting each other. But it was a breath of fresh air to see a teacher teach something cool for once. And from that point on, he had gained a lot of respect from his students. He was pretty awesome. Am I the jerk? Customer gets angry at me for being late to a delivery. So I worked for a delivery company a few years ago. The company I worked for often called the customers the day before a delivery with a two hour window for delivery times. If we were late, we'd call the customer to inform them of the situation and apologize for the inconvenience. If we were early, we would also call and explain if they wanted the delivery time frames to move up. And if we arrive at the site when no one is home, we would wait 15 to 20 minutes, give a call to the number and leave a we're sorry we missed you door hanger and move on to the next delivery. This often led to complaints about people saying that we didn't show up to the house on time and never called or left a note. So we'd often wait 30 minutes a full 10 to 15 minutes longer than company policy. For deliveries, that 30 minutes is a long time and adds up quickly, sometimes pushing an eight hour shift to 12 to 14 hours or longer. So please be on time as companies schedule all deliveries around those time frames and can quickly delay all deliveries that come after yours. So one house in particular, we arrived on time, we knocked, we called the number, no one answered, and we scoped out around the house as well, even calling out to see if anyone was in the backyard, nothing. 30 minutes later, I make the final call. Leave a door hanger and take a picture of the house from the street for good measure with the door hanger in view. I informed the dispatcher that it was a no-show and we move on. Oh, and I did forget to mention that missing a delivery means that you have to reschedule the delivery and pay to re-deliver. Thankfully, this was the second to last delivery and we felt pretty good as we could finally have our lunch around 4 p.m. We also felt pretty good about customers having to pay twice for delivery. 4.30 p.m., the office calls us back saying that a customer was mad, that she didn't have a call, she didn't have a door hanger or note. She said that we didn't even show up to the house. My boss gives me her number to call her back because he's done talking with her. He's a spineless wimp and he doesn't take no for an answer. We are mad because we were already supposed to be back at the warehouse by now. I ring the customer number and she immediately starts laying into me about how we didn't show up and how there is no note and that she has security cameras to prove it. I'm pretty sure I know who this customer is, but I still need to confirm as her number isn't what is on my paperwork. If it was a digit or two off or maybe just the wrong area code, it could be the store's fault for recording the wrong information. Trust me, it happens a lot, so I always make sure to confirm everything when we set up delivery. One time we got an address for an abandoned building and another time we got another state and we don't cross state lines. So for security's sake, I have her confirm her address. Except for the phone number, which we put her friends as a contact information as she couldn't leave work. So we backtrack to the house because we were still in the area and the boss telling us to talk to the customer basically means that we are going to do the delivery. Sure enough, everything is exactly how we left it. 
This time, when I go knock on the door, I look up to see the security camera and give it a little wave. And to my surprise, two men show up to the door looking disheveled, like something out of a rom-com. I'm not one to judge, but this certainly isn't the worst thing I've ever seen when someone answered the door. But come on, guys, at least fix yourselves up first. They completely avoid eye contact as we complete the delivery. I usually shake hands with customers after jobs complete, but this time it was just a small wave. When we get back to the warehouse, to my surprise, my boss calls us over after we finish cleaning up the truck. A very pregnant woman is waiting for us. She quickly gives us a hug and apologizes for getting fresh with me over the phone. I pull her over to the side and she explains to me that her husband is on deployment and that this is the first time doing a big move by herself and how she is scared moving into a new city while being pregnant. I explained to her that everything is going to be alright and that we were in the neighborhood anyways and how I completely understood how hard it must be. I have had to help my friends pick up and move while her husband was on deployment as well. I did say for the future, maybe get someone else to wait for the delivery. She laughed saying that she was going to murder her brother when she got home. After that, I always try to calm down customers as much as possible, as some of them might be going through very rough times in their lives, and if I could help smooth out this stressful point in their lives, I would. This is one of those stories where you get reminded that people just have bad days sometimes. It happens to the best of us. I'm glad this woman apologized to the men because she knew she was in the wrong. I think if more people could admit that they were in the wrong, the world would be a better place. Am I the jerk? I almost ruined half of the warehouse I work at. Almost 20 years ago, I'm now 37 male, I used to work for a very large retailer with lots of stores around the country. I worked in the warehouse collecting stuff and sending them to other stores. I was one of the guys in charge of the grocery section of the warehouse. We had these collecting forklifts. I don't know the exact name of them, but they had the forks for the pallets behind the machine and driven from the front. Kind of like the truck of forklifts. These were quite heavy machines. One week, the warehouse was undergoing some renovations and they installed new pallet shelves for our grocery section. The work had already started on the weekend and when we came in to work on Monday, most of the new stuff was already done. These shelves were very long and very high, if you know what a large warehouse shelf looks like. These shelves were bolted into the floor and corner and leg protection covers were added so no one would damage the legs. Damaging them could cause the shelves to fall like dominoes, like one of those viral accident videos. While starting my day's first job, I noticed that one of the shelves was missing the corner protection. I immediately called my boss and informed them about it. He had said that the installation team had already left because they were in a hurry and it's no big deal, that they would get them to install it later. I told him that there is no protection on the leg and it's right in the corner of the main corridor with lots of forklift traffic. He didn't really care and just told me to be careful, so I shrugged and went back to doing my job. On the afternoon, I had completely forgot about the whole thing. I was driving toward that particular corner like usual. What I didn't notice though was a relatively large spill on the floor as I was taking the corner to an aisle. This spill was later confirmed to be water. The forklift truck thing I was driving had its steering on the front of a single rubber wheel and the warehouse floor was painted. I completely lost control of the machine in the puddle. I hit directly the unprotected corner leg of the new shelf. The whole shelf was shaking and the shelf corner leg actually completely separated from the bottom plate. 
and bent in a 45 degree angle. Also, most of my full grocery pallet toppled and spread all across the corridor. I immediately jumped back because I thought the whole shelf will fall. Luckily, it wasn't completely fully stocked at the time, so it didn't. The sound of the impact attracted lots of workers to see what was going on. My boss soon arrived and wasn't happy. He tried to blame me, but I told him he was aware of the lack of protection as I had told him about it earlier. Also, one of my colleagues was near when I told my boss this, so he confirmed that my boss was aware of this. The reason for the water puddle was not found, but it was found to be the cause of the accident. Later that day when I was continuing my work, I drove past the same spot where this happened and the installation team was there replacing the leg and installing corner protectors. I guess they weren't that busy after all. I don't know if my boss had any aftermath with this incident. So I worked in a warehouse setting for five years and man, I was always waiting for something like this to happen. People play around on those forklifts way too much. Like I said, I never really had a big accident like this one, but I did see people come in and arrest one of our forklifts drivers during my shift because he was caught stealing a bunch of electronics from the store. Good times. How I helped people in a snowstorm with my new truck. This is from a while ago when I was a fresh entry into the workforce. Forgive me for the long story, but I was inspired to contribute a nice positive story. I worked at a smaller upscale grocery store in my hometown to make some money to pay for my loan, which came from my parents, for the truck I had just bought. It was a big Dodge with a bunch of miles, but I lifted it and put some big mud tires on it. I absolutely loved it. Trust me, this is important. As a part of my job, and as one of the few front-end workers with a license, I had taken up the task of interstore deliveries on Saturdays. I absolutely loved it. I would show up at 7.30 or whenever it was, go around my store saying hi to everybody as I collected their deliveries, loaded them up in the company van, and got on my way. I could play my music while cruising around town, and it was a blast. My normal route would take me to three or four stores, and I would be back to the store quickly. Sometimes, however, I would also have some catering or personal orders to take out. Most of the time, it was just a bag or two of groceries for someone homebound or a few trays of stuff for a party. Nothing crazy. Where this story really begins is a crazy snowy Saturday morning. At least five inches had fallen overnight and it was not letting up anytime soon. I arrive at my work and my manager basically tells me they don't expect anybody in store and the deliveries were scrapped, but they had orders. I go to pull the van around and it's not happening. The diesel barely started in the first place, but with the snow, it simply wouldn't make it up the very slight incline to the dock. I parked it and tell my manager there is no way I'm getting on the streets with that. He was fine with that, but he still let me know the orders. I easily had a van worth of groceries for the retirement slash sick slash elderly home in our town due to the snow as well as a huge catering order for a celebration of life at the local VFW. We thought about it for a second before I pitched an idea. I happen to have a big truck with four-wheel drive, and the back seat happens to have a fold-out tray. Manager okayed me using my personal vehicle, and we started loading. Bags in the covered bed, but the hot food in the cab with heat on max. Filled to the brim, I began my journey. The first stop was the home, and it went smoothly. I always help bring all the groceries in in this stop, and 
and today it felt like Santa Claus on Christmas. Every door I knocked on was met with people absolutely glowing that they got their food for the week, and I, allegedly, received like eight pounds worth of treats from them. I was already filled to the brim with happiness, and little did I know that that would be the more normal one. The second stop was the VFW, so I make the 30 minute drive and arrive. The parking lot is unplowed and easily a foot of snow, so I park on the street and walk up to the door. The lady that greets me is ecstatic that their food actually came as they were sure that no deliveries would be made that day. When she announced to the room that food's here, about 12 men, all minimum 65 plus, jump to their feet and walk over. I let them know I can pull up to the door and they said, nope, we got it. I opened the door to my truck and they assembled a bucket line to get the massive load of trays back inside. They finished faster than it would have taken me to get to the door, all while standing in a ton of snow. As soon as the food was in, they invited me inside. I obliged and followed them in. I ended up spending easily an hour, don't worry boss, I took it off the clock, listening to stories from this big group of friends and offered at least a dozen drinks of booze. It filled me with extreme amounts of joy and it definitely helped stroke my ego that the old ladies were so thankful for the young man with the truck. When it was time to go, a few offered substantial amounts of money in cash tips, which I did not take. However, they did offer a bag of pulled pork which I did. I know this is long, but it is one of my favorite memories of all the time working at that place. It was usually a strange feeling to be counted on when doing deliveries on normal days, but on this day, there was nothing else I would rather do than 50 more deliveries like that. Thanks for reading. It's always nice to hear these heartfelt stories. They aren't the ones that make the headlines most of the times, or even the reason that people click on these videos or articles, but they do restore my hope in humanity. And I wish we got more of them. Boss Karen says we must put in three months notice before quitting. So I leave the next day. So this particular story is a screenshot of an email sent to the OP. Hello all. Happy Wednesday. I am not so happy this morning. Yesterday, three of you submitted your two weeks notice. All three of you claimed it was because of better opportunities. Not even thinking about the fact that some of your coworkers have lives outside of the job and children. Your better opportunities, doubtful, we pay you all fair wages, are really worth affecting your team members' quality of life. I myself have children and Instead of being at their band recital this week, I will be sitting at work posting job offers on Indeed instead. This is outrageous. You all need to speak amongst yourselves and plan these things out so you don't leave a company high and dry all at once. The lack of consideration from employees I previously had a different impression of is astounding. The new rule in our employee handbook will be updated to now requiring a three months notice since that's how long it took to train you. You will give three months notice and train your replacement in the meantime. And your three month notice will serve as your consent for your base pay to be lowered by six dollars an hour. Since you will be leaving, your reduction in pay should be no issue. That's how this works from now on. You can thank your insubordinates for this. You can also thank them for the extra 30 hours of overtime per week you will be assigned to do until I find new hires and they are fully trained. I expect full cooperation from the team moving forward. This photo is connected with this. I laughed out loud at this email, holy hell. Luckily I have three jobs and can afford to give my effective immediate notice when I show up tomorrow. 
LOL. I find it funny that the OP typed laugh out loud and then put LOL at the end. Anyways, I would have quit this job so fast. Actually, I kinda did screw over my terrible boss on my last weekend at my old job. But that is because he was trying to get me fired because he felt like I disrespected him when I said the words, hey, I'm on vacation next week and you don't have anyone scheduled as leads for these days, so you need to figure that out. And by telling my boss that he needed to figure something out that he was not aware of, this sent him on a mission to find some dirt on me to get me fired. I should really tell the whole story someday, but I'm glad this OP dipped out immediately from this terrible work environment. Am I the jerk? I got my nephew grounded for the summer. About a month ago, my jerk nephew kicked me in the ankle after I had surgery. He laughed after he did it and he even knew that it was painful. So I decided to get my revenge on him by hiding a bunch of booze cans under his bed. I found out earlier today that his mom just found those cans and now he's grounded for the summer. I kind of feel bad. But not that bad. That's pretty much the story, everybody. But the reason why I wanted to include this is because I absolutely love the edit to this story. Edit? I don't feel bad at all. Sometimes you do not need to have a long story for it to be a great story. But let me know. Was this guy a jerk? That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.